Welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. This is Ash. This is Tori. And today we're going to be talking about Stranger Things, Chapter 7, The Lost Sister. I think this is one of the most polarizing episodes of Stranger Things to date. But before we get started, we wanted to say Happy New Year. This is our first episode of 2018, and it's actually our 31st episode if you don't count our Three Friends Don't Lie mini-sodes, which is kind of cool. We want to thank Janessa J. Champagne. She sent us a really cool 2018 calendar. It basically shows her with the Stranger Things kids, and she goes to a lot of cons and meets a lot of people, and she's amazing, so thank you, Janessa. I also want to say thank you to Stranger Fans 13. They sent us an email saying that they listen to the podcast every day on the way to school with their parents, so <laughs> we're going to try to not drop so many F-bombs. Um, <laughs> we don't drop we I do. <laughs> uh, also, thank you to Stephen T. 2002. I think it used to be your boy, Steve. Um, he listens to the podcast a lot, and he sends us really nice fan artwork, and we appreciate your support. Also, if you guys are listening to other podcasts that are kind of smaller and unknown, but pretty cool, I want to recommend someone who follows us and that we're kind of um, becoming friends with in the smaller podcast world. There's a podcast called I Got the Hell Out, and it's by a lady who is a cult member, and she got out, and she's basically describing her experiences. She just put out their second episode. It's on SoundCloud, and you should give it a listen. Also, thank you to Caleb. He posted a video of his best year in review for 2017, and I made it. So yeah, that was pretty cool. A lot of you messaged me. I had no idea, and then my phone started blowing up, and I was like, oh yeah, that is me in the video. And lastly, we want to say good luck, David. Tonight, as of recording this, the Golden Globes has not happened. As of you listening to this tomorrow, hopefully we will all be celebrating that they won. They're only nominated for two awards, but... Did everyone is both of them since Noah was snubbed. But every a lot a lot of snubs. Everyone is is predicting that David's gonna win. So fingers crossed, hopefully. And lastly, we are gonna go before we talk about this episode, Tori and I wanna just tell you about two cool sets that we visited. We went to the junkyard from Stranger Things Season 1 and Stranger Things Season 2. This actually had been off our radar because we had known that it was on a private property somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And we got a miscellaneous tip from our friend Kyle who said, Hey, I think I know who this is and I know the owner. Would you like to contact them? So we reached out to the owner, Andy. And he was a really cool guy. He really appreciated that we what we did with the podcast. And he let us come out and we got to tour the property. And it was so cool. We basically saw everything. I mean, they used a lot of the old junkyard cars and buildings. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things just used those. The bus wasn't there. Yeah, everything but the bus, basically. Which is kind of obvious because that's a main prop. They're not going to just leave that you know, to be stolen. Yeah, they can't. They can't take the risk. But it was really amazing. We posted some videos on our, of our on our Instagram. And when we were walking through the property, um, Tori and I had some experiences looking at things, and Andy had some cool stories, and we want to share those with you now. Hey guys, so we are out here at the junkyard in Stranger Things by a miracle. The new property owners knew that we were fans of it, and they let us come out. And it's so cool. We're seeing everything from the show. We're seeing the boats that were behind Millie. We're seeing the um, barn. barn that Gaten and Steve stood in front of when they were like, yeah, this will do, when they're getting ready to fight the demo dogs. Um, the bus isn't here. They said the bus belongs to Stranger Things. So, But you can see a giant hole in the dirt where the bus was. You can also see the mountainside um, that you see in a lot of the shots behind it. It's actually a lot tighter. Like on the show, it looks really wide. Like there's a huge field. But here it's like a lot of the cars are close together. I think one of the coolest things that we've seen is they actually have the truck and the door that Lucas and Gaten kind of, or Dustin, kneel down by. Um, 
What do you think, Tori? Anything cool that you like? Um, mainly the door, just because, like, isn't that the one that Lucas got, like, blown up onto or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to go back and rewatch this episode. But it's really, it's so cool. So some of the cars are getting hauled off. That's what I was gonna tell you. Um, when we bought it at foreclosure, there were all the, there's a zillion cars in here. In fact, the location manager, who's also a cool guy, uh, do you know him? No. Okay, he's a cool guy. He's supposed to let me know in January whether or not we're on for season three and four. So, oh wow, we'll find out in January. So you were telling us that anyway, he calls it the junkyard. Oh yeah, yeah, the junkyard. And so uh, the problem is they're starting to haul out some of the cars, and so we're a little fearful that the previous owner, who actually owns the cars, may take more than we want him to take. Oh no. So, so you were telling us that when you bought this property, you oh, didn't yeah. know that it was a part of Stranger Things? Exactly. We bought it without knowing, had no clue. And then while watching season two, my wife and I... <gasps> Here it is! They're freaking out! <laughs> oh my God. Saw it on the screen and started yelling and screaming. And anyway, we were very excited. This is so awesome. We appreciate you so much yeah, for letting us do it. this. Oh my gosh. So... That's so real. We're going to come to the barn. Oh, that's where Steve and Gaten were when Steve goes, yeah, this will do. Oh. They're standing at the barn. So that was amazing. Thank you to everybody that let us do that. For all of you sending us private IG messages asking us for that address, unfortunately, we can't share it with you. We were given special access because of the podcast, and the owner can't have a lot of people coming out to the property right now, but he said he is considering in the future, when the show is done, letting folks tour it. So that would be pretty fun. Next, we want to tell you about something we did yesterday. We thought, you know what? We're going to be reviewing The Lost Sister. What are some locations that maybe we could go to? Now, we've mentioned in another podcast that, you know, when you saw the opening of episode one, you could tell that it was the Atlanta skyline. And I actually think we were wrong. I think they CGI'd in some Chicago skyline that kind of looks like the Atlanta skyline. Somebody All online, the buildings look the same. <laughs> yeah, somebody online said it was a 2010 Chicago skyline. Yeah. So if we were wrong, we apologize, which is rare, guys. We're never wrong. <laughs> no. Somebody gave us the address for the convenience store. I don't know if you all remember, but right after Eleven has her makeover and they all do their slow motion walk, they go to the Oscars Gas and Go where they shoplift. Uh, and that little store is about an hour outside of where we live in Georgia. We drove there yesterday and it's kind of weird because it's a little bait shop and they don't, like they have a thing that says no through traffic, which you can see in the show, but they don't really want, it looks like they don't want people coming there. Mm -hmm. Like it looks like you can come there if you want to get the bait, but if you're just looking around or you're coming to just, I don't know, we were, we came in and we parked and the owner immediately came out and looked at us. But we were like, hi, you know, we're going to buy some juice and some things. And yeah. also, we love Stranger Things. Would you mind if we looked around? And she was really nice, and she let us look around. Actually, I think the conversation was, hey, can we take some pictures in here? Stranger Things? Yep. Okay. Do what you, <laughs> you got to do. So that was a really fun experience. It was really neat because a lot of it was untouched from the show, but when we went back and watched it, you could see some things they added, like the 1980 sunglasses were added. Yeah. There was a... Uh, the door. The door was different. The, like all of the snacks. Like So we actually got snacks from where Eleven got snacks. She had like a freezer section oh, and she yeah. got the Eggo's waffles. And in that, it's just like juice. It was just juices. But it was a pretty fun experience. That's, you know, a lot of you ask us, like, how do you find these locations? Most of them Online. are... Yeah, most of them are open 
open to the public and you can just Google Stranger Things filming locations. And the ones that aren't online and that we get to go to, it's because of the podcast. Someone was gracious enough to let us check it out so that we could share those experiences with you guys. So that's what we've been up to in 2018. And now, no. now we begin no. The Lost Sister. So before we start, how many times have you watched The Lost Sister? Twice. Okay, I've watched it twice. My first reaction was, no thank you. I was annoyed with it both times. What was your first reaction? My first reaction, the, okay, so this, I feel like I might, this might have messed up how I feel about it. I kind, I kind of wish nobody had said anything about season two to me, but two of my friends and Ashley, before I got to watch it, because it took me a really long time to watch it, because we were out of town, two of my friends and Ash said that I would hate episode seven. And so I think that kind of, like, messed it up for me. I mean, I do hate it, <laughs> but that's kind of just how I feel about it. But, um, right off the bat, I kind of, it just felt, like, strange. Like, I was just like, mm, like, I, no, I kind of wish they would have, would have done something different with that, or, like, not included it at all. <laughs> so here's my thing. The first time I watched it, I definitely did not like it. And I think it's from what I said previously. I was so, I was binging it, and I was so amped up by the ending of episode six that I was really excited to it go broke, forward. Yeah, it broke the tension. Right. And so that's what I didn't like about it. Now that I've seen it a second time, I know that... I like it. I thought it was good. Like, I actually liked it the second time. I'll tell you some things that I didn't like about it and mm-hmm. some things that I did like. But I, I know now that the reason that I didn't like it the first time is because I was just, I wanted to know what was going to yeah. happen. And it stopped the flow for an hour. Yeah. And I thought, I don't care about these things right now. I want to know what is going to happen with the with the people in Hawkins. Mm-hmm. But now that I know what happened with the people in Hawkins, I was able to, like, look back and appreciate it and take it in for what they were trying to do. But we'll get into all of the good and the bad. Yeah. I appreciate it a little bit more just because I I respect how the Duffer brothers wanted to go like with the show and I read somewhere online that they did an interview and everyone was like, "Why did you even include episode 7?" Well, I'm going to read that quote. Oh, the one where they were Okay. Yeah. Okay. I actually pulled I actually pulled the long form quote and I'm going to read it towards the end once we discuss a little bit of how the show flows. Yeah. We're going a lot of we made a post about it and a lot of our followers made comments on why they loved it or why they hated it. So I'm going to read the Duffer brothers quote and then I'm going to read one quote that I feel exemplifies why people liked it and one quote on why I feel that people don't like it but again I do think it was just the flow I think I think if you're not a huge fan of the show if you're kind of just watching it because everybody else is watching it you'd probably be like oh that was a kind of like neat episode like I thought it was kind of cool well when when my husband Josh watched it he liked it he was like I really like the connection with the sisters it's so sweet and I was like wrong wrong I still think it's wrong (laughs) I do think I do think it's sweet I watched it two and a half times I tried to watch it a third time and I just I was like ugh, I know what happens I don't feel like watching it again well, now I like it, but the first time it it just was like, what's happening? I need I need to go back to Hawkins. Yeah. So anyways, well, let's get started. This episode starts on a flashback. It starts from where Eleven had connected with Terry, and she's having a flashback of, you know, the rainbow room and all of that. And Eleven wakes up, she's talking to her Aunt Becky, and she's telling her how, you know, I my mom showed me the rainbow room, and she showed me the other girl. I think she wants me to find her. So the aunt shows her a room that has all of these files that Terry's mom has been collecting over the years that kind of showcases kids that have Eleven's abilities or have special abilities and it says in one of the files missing Indian girl uh, in London plot hole Eleven can read (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) there were a lot of files which is interesting like when Becky was showing Eleven the folders and Eleven was flipping through the files it was a lot of kids I mean we obviously know there's at least 11 kids but there was a lot and I thought that's interesting because that opens the door for a lot more story possibilities but I don't 
want that. I don't want a bajillion 11s. I want her. It could be good. <laughs> it could be good. It depends on if it's done smartly. And if it is, like, maybe think, on that, that last be... season they bring all the kids yeah. together or something to take out Brenner or something. I think that might be the reason I was annoyed with this episode or with, like, the introduction of, um, of se- eight? Yeah, yeah. Eight. Yeah. Is because I just feel like that just, like, there's so many more possibilities with all these other, like... I don't know. It doesn't mean they'll go Telekinetic in. Telekinetic kids they could bring. Well, it doesn't mean they'll go into all of them, but it is kind of an interesting story. I feel like they might, since... Because they'll be older since characters. Since Callie's powers are different than Eleven's, I feel like they could make it even more sci-fi, which in a way is cool, but also it could be, like, cheesy. Because I feel like this show is normal enough to a point where there's just, like, just, like, this weird thing going on, but, like, everything else is still kind of normal. It'll but I like, feel like if they did so much, like, like sci-fi stuff, it would make me aggravated. It'd be like X-Men mutants. Yes, exactly. I kept reading that online, and I was like, oh, I'd be... Oh, I didn't even read that. I was just thinking about it. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Guys, I connect with you. (laughs) So then we see Eleven, and she sees a vision of Kali, um, or Callie. You guys know I say my A is weird. By the trash can. And one thing that bugged me about this episode a little bit is that, so Eleven has different ways that she can connect with people in whatever that realm is, where she's, like, in the black, and she can Mm -hmm. kind of see people's shadows or whatever. How come now she can just close her eyes and get people? Yes! So usually... Usually she had to plug into the TV or she had to get some static and she had to put something over her eyes. And in this episode, they have it where she just closes her eyes or she's sleeping in dreams, but she connects with it. So it doesn't really bother me, but I felt like it was a little inconsistent. And I thought, how's that happening? But I guess maybe something about her, her, like she's so amped. She's in a state of like adrenaline. Maybe that's (laughs) it. But I thought, how come she's, in the beginning, she's got her eyes tied and she's got the static, and then later she's just sleeping and she sees, you know, Hopper's message to her and she closes, she just closes her eyes and she's like, yeah, I know where the people are. And I was like, but she didn't, I guess, I guess it could be that she's like, like getting more powerful, but then like she tries to move whatever, the thing later in the episode and she almost like dies. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess she is getting older, so maybe it's about managing her powers. Maybe now she's out of the facility and she's learning how to hone her abilities. Like, yeah. that would make sense to me. I did notice that she before... She hasn't really been doing anything to be able to do that. Like, nobody's been Well, they haven't her. showed us that. Yeah. We don't know what she's been doing for the 227 days with Hopper, yeah. but she's got to be doing something besides eating Eggos and watching TV. I noticed that they do a lot of foreshadowing, like TV Action News 8. And then, then when uh, a, and then when Eleven walks through the the building, the warehouse, when she finds the gang, you see the giant eight ball, the magic eight ball on the wall, and then uh, there's a lot of graffiti eights everywhere. That's cool. So after the credits roll, we see Eleven and she's on a bus to Chicago, and we see the Welcome to Illinois song. I thought it was pretty funny. I actually like this song, Bon Jovi's song, a Little Runaway. I was like very on the nose. Oh, yeah. She's a little runaway. I was like, yeah, she is. I love her runaway. <laughs> Did you notice? I mean, I don't think Tori and I noticed this the first time, but we noticed after. When Eleven is getting off the bus to Chicago, our friend, actress Juliana Pitt, is a lady getting off the bus right in front oh, of she Eleven. Is? Yeah, and Tori, and I didn't notice that. We didn't recognize didn't her. Did Josh notice it? Yeah, and Tori was in a short film with Julian. Well, we call her Julia, but it's Juliana. A couple years oh, ago, like, it was called Support Group, and it yeah, was about the, the Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah, it was about the Skyrim video, so it was really neat. Oh, that's her. cool. Why didn't she like post about that? Or maybe she, she did post about uh, it, yikes. but we don't. <laughs> Sorry. Like we, don't, I don't go on social media a lot because it bums me out. So once I <laughs> did, too. once I did go on there, I was like, oh yeah, she did post like a screenshot of her and actually her daughter. She was like a, a passenger on the back, so I thought that was pretty neat. I was like, oh Juliana, still making it happen. That was pretty. It was a nice 
I don't know, nice connection. <laughs> uh, when they were getting off the bus, it was funny. When Eleven was walking through downtown Chicago, I was like, hey, that's where Dragon Con happens. I noticed a lot of the hotel buildings. Oh. They do a lot of CGI in this show because I was like, oh, look, they CGI'd, obviously. They CGI'd on the hotel names, but it was just like in that big area where they do Dragon Con each year within the five hotel areas. It was pretty interesting. I kind of wish I was alive in the 80s just so I could know like, if this is how the 80s actually was because I feel like like Stranger Things usually like gets it, like hits it right on the nose. But I feel like this, like this Chicago, felt a little cartoony. I don't know. I was real tiny, so I could not tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> I was tiny. I was tiny, but yeah. So we can talk. We can talk about some of those things. But so after she gets off the bus and she's walking through Chicago, she kind of smiles and she's like, "Yeah, I'm, I don't know what she's thinking. Like Chicago, or I'm an adult, or I made it here." But she walks through this like little vagrant town, and there's homeless people, and they're like, "Hey, yeah," or that's, whatever. That's what I'm. It feels and they're like. laughing at her. But one of the things that really. I thought about during this scene was that Eleven gets freaked out by them and she starts running, which would be the initial reaction of like any kid in an 80s movie or any kind of movie where they see like anyone. Like, right. But <laughs> why, Eleven, why would she be afraid? I don't why know. would she run? She's, she's gone through She's much killed monsters yeah. and been beaten and it was just interesting to me. Like maybe they were just trying to give her a sense of like. She's just a kid. Like, yeah. guys, she's just a kid. But when she started running, I was like, you could take out that yeah. whole town if yeah. any of them messed with you. Yeah. But I was like, that's an interesting choice because she, she looks scared and she starts running away. And I thought, you just got on a bus and traveled all by yourself to, like, different cities. Yeah. But she makes it. She makes it to the warehouse. She walks in in the group. And as I mentioned, you see the magic eight ball on the back. And Dottie, who so is I'm, one of the I'm gang, sorry. she makes a comment and she says, hey, you should go back to the farm because Eleven has overalls on. Weren't those big in the 80s? Yes! <laughs> like, Madonna wore Pinky overalls. Burst. I mean, I don't think, like, punk rockers wore them until the 90s when it was grunge. Yeah. Like, like that was the rage. Everybody yeah. wore those. Madonna. Uh, a sweet pair of overalls when I was a kid. But, yeah, punk rockers, Madonna was, like, a new wave person, and she wore overalls, so I thought that yeah. comment didn't make a lot of sense. But I don't... Again, I was a kid, so I have no idea. <laughs> but... I was like, that's strange. And so Eleven comes in and she's like, I'm looking for my sister. And Axel becomes, like, ironically aggressive to a small child who is obviously, at this point, he doesn't know anything about yeah. her powers, a threat. And he's like, how'd you find us? And it's oh like, God. calm down. Like, you're a grown man and she's a small child. You don't know what she can do yet. And he becomes super aggressive and it's he starts... Un it's unconvincing. And I feel like it feels fake. And he puts a knife to her face. And then, all of a sudden, you know, he starts seeing the spiders and... Callie makes her appearance. I think we should get into this in a little bit, but okay, I'll just say off the bat that in general, I enjoy Callie, or I'm gonna call her Callie, guys. I say my A's. Is, is that so what it up. is? I thought it was. I Maybe think it's, it's Callie. I think it's Callie, but I, I keep saying Collie. I keep saying Collie too. Like, so I don't know. I'm but gonna I know say it's K A L. Callie. Yeah. Guys, like don't know names. We're saying Callie, so... Callie. Going back to Callie. So I like Callie as a character. I think she is interesting on her own. I think she brings some nuances to the story. But also, she's kind of mean. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she does things that are like... She's doing... Axel's her friend... I don't oh, that know. Doesn't bother me. It's I don't kind of like if, is annoying. it bums me out because it's kind of like if people are doing what Callie wants them to do, she's nice to them, and if they're yeah, doing something that she doesn't like, you know, like later in the episode, we can get into it where she makes Eleven see Doctor Brenner. It's like what a mean thing to do. Yeah, and so she's, I don't know. We'll get first, into that. At first, she makes it seem like she's like out to. I don't know, like help Eleven, but then she's more like she's kind of just trying to like 
do her own agenda. I don't know. It's very, it's, we'll get into this. Yeah. It's very uneasy. I think, like, there's a part later where they're robbing something and she says, without the risk, where's the fun? And I think that that is a complete encapsulation yeah. of her. Which we'll talk about. Let's, let's get into it. So, you know, Callie makes him see the spiders. He leaves Eleven alone and Eleven says... You know, hey, I'm here to find you. And Axel calls Eleven a schizo, which Tori and I... Not funny. (laughs) Right, our mother has a mental illness, guys. Welcome to the Mental Illness Podcast. (laughs) But we are always very sensitive when we hear someone call somebody a schizo. It drives us bananas. So obviously I picked up on it immediately. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And I thought, wait a minute, is schizo a 1980s term? Like, I know that the term schizophrenia was developed, like, in the 1800s. And I think, think, like, in the 60s people would say schiz. But I don't think people said, like, schizo in the 1980s. So any of you that listen that are maybe, like, grown adults listening with your kids, is that a thing? Did people say schizo in the 1980s? I feel like that was more 90s, 2000s. But it really bummed me out. Like, he said it, like, four times. I've heard it in 90s movies a lot. And also, Eleven really wasn't doing anything. She was just like, I'm looking for my sister. And he's like, schizo? It's like, wait, what? Do you understand the definition? So anyway, that didn't didn't endow me to, like, that didn't make me love Axel too much at the moment. But, you know, I, I guess it's just slang. So Callie and Eleven, they see each other, and I actually like this moment where they, I think you don't like this moment, where they lift up their wrists and they show each other Ugh. the 8 and the 11. I don't care. Don't, oh. don't care for it. <laughs> I just, I don't, so, everything feels so cheesy and like out of a cartoon in this episode. It feels like... Like, somebody was writing a fan fiction about X-Men crossed with Stranger Things. Well, I liked that they showed it because, it, to me, it was like... So, if you look up numerology, 8 means goal-oriented, focused, this person's a realist. And 11 means disorder, chaos, but also dynamic and capable when sights are set on a concrete goal. So, I felt like it was kind of like, here are these two people that are together. You know, this is, this is what each of them bring to the table. Yeah. So then they hug, which I actually thought was a sweet moment. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's like, I, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, Tori just... Like, Tori hates Tori, hugs. Tori, yeah. <laughs> no, Tori just hates this episode, but there's like so... You guys, in, in a couple, 30 minutes, <laughs> once we finish reviewing the episode, you'll hear how I feel about it. Yeah, 10 days from now when you're done listening. Yeah, exactly. So Callie and Eleven, they go and they talk on the rooftop, and Callie wants to know how many days Eleven has been with him. I guess Eleven's been talking about Hopper. I think she calls him your sheriff. Oh, yeah, she does. Or your police officer, your policeman, something like that. Yeah. And Eleven says 227. 2 plus 2 plus 7 equals 11, just saying. So, uh, and Callie kind of, another, gives you an input to her personality. She says, you know, I had a person like this. They'll always see us as monsters. I think she might say she had a person like that later in the episode, but she does say they'll always see us as monsters. What do you call to get the police to come to your house? I don't know. You don't know what you call to get the police to come to your home? Ghostbusters. Oh my god, what <laughs> number do you call on your phone? 911? Yeah, what's 9 plus 1 plus... Are you... Ke- oh my god. 9 plus 1 plus 1 11. murder in the house, apparently we're gonna die because Ashley doesn't know how to call 911. Guys, I'm gonna live because I'm spunky and tough. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be nine plus one plus one equals eleven too, and he's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're like, who are you gonna call? It's like Ghostbusters. Oh wait, do you even? Oh wait, wait. I don't think in Hawkins since it's such a small town. I don't think nine one one had been developed yet, but it's fine. Okay, whatever. What's going on? <laughs> Guys, when was nine one one developed? Okay, so Callie and Eleven, they're talking about their powers, and Callie is showing Eleven her different powers, that she has the ability to show people good things or bad things, and she says Eleven the blue butterfly that also changes colors, and Callie sets Eleven up with a bed and a blanket, and she tells Eleven, I think this is your home. 
Again, I thought that moment was sweet, like these two were uniting with each other, and I thought it was like kind of nice, and then it immediately goes to Callie down with the gang, and she says, hey, Eleven can find people, and it's like, so wait, do you care about Eleven, or are you she gonna doesn't. use Eleven? <laughs> it's kind of like she does, and she doesn't. Like, she does care about Eleven, because they're, like, unique and together, mm-hmm. but she also tends to let her anger, like, overtake what she's thinking, because yeah. I was like, that was, it went from a really sweet moment to, like, we're gonna well, use this kid. She's trying to trick her. She knows how to manipulate people. She's manipulated all the Looney Tune gang. Well, it says, Mick says, if they find us, they're gonna release hell. And I thought, you know what? This makes no sense, how these people live. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. Callie has the ability to make people see or not see whatever she wants. Loosely. 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 We'll get into that later and how aggravated I am by that. Right. It's, yes. It's (laughs) like the the problem of superhero powers. Yes. Yes. But if you could do that... You could just go into a bank, make someone think you were someone else, pull out a ton of money, go purchase a house, and just live somewhere safely and yeah. normally and securely. They're always talking about how they're out of money, and they're... So I think for Callie, it's kind of like an adrenaline thing, like she says earlier, where's the fun in that? Because I thought, why are you living this way? Why are you running from the police? Why are you hiding? Yeah. You have this unique ability that would allow you to live your life in like a more... I mean, then there'd be no story, obviously, but... It... It just, I also thought, it makes no sense. Like, yeah. why? Why are you living this way? Why do the, like, you don't have to live in fear. You have an ability to not live in fear, but yeah. you're living that way. And I thought, that, why? It makes no sense. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eleven is sleeping, and this is where she hears Hopper's message. I love this part. Where, you know, in the previous episode after the poor, poor Bob, justice for Bob. Wait, Bob? Where, where Hopper goes into the car, and he's talking to Eleven, and he leaves her the voicemail message, but Bob's she's not home. Been... Yeah. What? That was in episode six? Wait. No. Yes. No. That was like episode, that's episode No, I think nine? that's, I think that's now because when they start episode eight, they're all in the house, right? Aren't they? No, when they start episode, episode eight is where, um. No, what? You're totally right. It's episode it's eight. It's early episode eight because in episode. Spoilers. <laughs> no, you guys know. Yeah, you guys better watch this. But regardless, it's when they're at Hawkins lab and Hopper has just had like been steam washed or whatever. Yeah. And he goes out to the car to leave Eleven this message. And it's like she right doesn't, before that happens. Yeah, and she doesn't hear it because she's already, like, run away. But she's she's hearing it, and it's just really sweet. Oh, yeah, and you're right. And then Mike's like, I've got to warn him. It's the spy, the spy. Because yeah, I love that Yeah, episode eight is immediately yeah. when the Dumb Dogs start coming You're out. totally right. Episode seven ends. Yeah. Or six. You're totally right. I was just thinking of the scrubs. Yeah. Eleven hears that, and I just think it's a really sweet moment. She does a really great job. And then she wakes up, and Callie is coming to get her, and she's like, come on, you got to come officially meet the gang. So she goes ahead, and this is where we get introduced to... Garbage people. The gang. <laughs> the gang. So we get Dottie, who is kind of like the Madonna wannabe. Uh-huh. We get Funshine, who I actually think is really funny. I didn't notice when I watched the show, but he has this... The second time I watched it, he has this massive, long, like, side braid. Have you seen that? Oh, no. I think he's a really famous bodybuilder. I can't remember what his name is, but somebody on our post, when we did the post about the episode, was like, hey, so-and-so, is this you? And it is. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know how they could have written... Like, the Duffer Brothers could have written down Funshine and thought that that looked good on paper enough to put it into the show. Oh, because Funshine's a Care Bear. Okay. <laughs> that's. I think that's the whole point, is he's supposed to be, like, a Care Bear. He's giant, yeah. but he's sweet. That's so so that, cartoony. So then there's Funshine, and then there's Axel, who is your stereotypical punk rocker. It's funny, if you guys Google 1980s punk rocker Chicago, a picture of this dude that looks just like Axel pops up, and I'm going to show Tori the picture right now. Oh, yeah. So, 
They definitely would be doing a lot of research. If he was a hardened criminal, why would he take his time to put his hair into a mohawk? I don't understand that. Also, that's going to make him... He's a punk like, rocker. That's going to make he's him living very... The life. Like, people would be able to recognize him. I don't think so. In the 80s, there was, like, a lot of punk rockers. Yeah. Like, and they didn't have a variety of colors like they do now, like, with Manic Panic and stuff. Yeah. It was kind of, like, orange, green, blue, purple. Like, it, it wasn't yeah. this variety. So, there probably would have been a lot of people who looked like him. So, we meet Axel. He's a punk rocker. He's got cap teeth and pins. And then we meet Mick. Who, I actually, Mick is the one that I like out of the gang because Mick is, like, thoughtful. Like, Mick is like, guys, we shouldn't, you know, go do this thing. We don't even have a new car yet. And then when Dottie is, like, hustling everybody for their money, Mick's like, no, man, I gotta save my money. I gotta hold on to my money. Yeah. But that's, that's everybody, right? I think so. That's the gang. So we meet the gang, and they dump out the photos of all the people that have hurt them. And they're like, they're basically like, we're going to go kill these people. Yeah. And it's like, wait, no. what? Yeah. But then Eleven says, I'm a fighter. I've killed. And it's like, right. But yeah. you killed because you were There's being tortured and yeah. abused as a child. Like, you're in, after you're out of harm's way, you can't just go, like, murdering, murdering people. people. Yeah. Like, you could take revenge in some way or try to, like, I don't know. They're, but you just don't go killing, like, a bucket full of people on this yeah. list. And it's also, like, how many, also you have to wonder to yourself, like, how many of these people actually hurt them? Like, there was yeah. a lot. You can't just, that guy wouldn't sell me a cheeseburger one day and I was hungry. I'm yeah. going to murder him. There was just too many people in that yeah. bucket. It was a little alarming that Eleven was like, yeah, yeah. I killed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> show me these people. Show me the bucket. But then they, they got to prepare Eleven. They got to make sure that she's ready, you know, for the task. So they take her out to the train yard, which is really funny because I'm not sure where that train yard is yet, even though somebody sent me the address for it. We haven't been there. But I think I passed that giant orange graffiti train on the way to work like there's a train yard like right above me into the city yeah. and I always wonder if that's it so maybe one day I'll go check that out but this is the scene where you know Eleven has to figure out how to pull the train towards her, towards her. and anger or yeah Dr. and Callie is like use your anger use your anger and it's like you know what like every good superhero story knows if you use your love if you use the power yeah, of like goodness it's gonna be power, better yeah. that's the real power so eleven starts using her anger and it's her anger i can't remember does she is it finn with sadie or with uh, max on i think keyboard? partly that's part of it but then it's also like dr brenner yeah and then yeah but that is a very yeah, that's a very makes her move a train. I think when I saw that episode and I think you did too, that's when I was like, Oh, this is a Luke Darth Vader episode. Oh, like find yeah. find your power, Luke. And he's like, yeah. use the dark side, use the dark force. Like that's what it felt like to me. And that's when I was kind of that's when it hit me. I mean, the first time I was doing hard eye rolls, but the second time, that's when it hit me that I was like, oh, this is a this is about Eleven's journey. Like, she yeah. can go and take the dark such, side or the good but side. But it's such a short journey. Like, what, like, two, three days that she just turns into a different person? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and as a Mega Star Wars fan, what do you feel about that, utilizing... <laughs> we like everything is about the light and the dark side and i feel like i don't know well let me read you what matt and russ yeah. oh matt duffer said this in entertainment weekly he said it's important for ross and i to try stuff and not feel like we're doing the same thing over try and over again on your own time let me read the quote <laughs> and then we'll add it all in it's almost like doing a whole little other mini episode in the middle of your season which is kind of a crazy thing to do but it was really fun to write and cast and work on. So I get it. You want to experiment. And I actually, like, I don't know. I'm so 50-50 on this episode because like, I did like it, but I didn't like how it, it stopped It feels like a pilot flow. for a spinoff. 
Like, I don't... Well, he, when he says that, it sounds like a... Oh, I actually said mini-episode. I couldn't read my own writing. He actually says it's like you're doing another pilot episode in the middle yeah, of your season. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't, like, a, I guess, like, a mini-episode, yeah, that'd be cool, which is, that's what this is. But, like, if they try to turn this into, like, a mini-series about Mick and their adventures, like, I'm gonna commit suicide. It's terrible. I don't think it's terrible. I think if it was on its own, we would have enjoyed it, but I think as a part of the Stranger Things universe, it just felt awkward. I don't know. The characters just feel really underdeveloped, and it's like they're all supposed to be, like, these hardened criminals that have done, like, all these terrible things, but then they just come off more like they're, like, wannabes. Like, they've never actually really done anything, and they're very, like, baseline characters. Well, let me read you these two quotes, and then you can come in with your feedback, because you're gonna agree with the second one. The first (laughs) one is kind of long. It's by... LaVar Forever. We agree. LaVar Burton's the best. (laughs) I defend it as well. People who complain about it are the same people who say they love season two. So episode seven must not have been a problem. Everything was connected to the main story and certain things that happened in it were pivotal for episode eight and nine and helped implications for season three. You can't complain about the feeling of episode seven, that it didn't feel like Stranger Things. First off, the story is first priority, not the feeling. And why would... I think there's a typo here, but it says, why would they expect big city like Chicago to have the same atmosphere as the small towns? Hawkins. Not everything should go down in Hawkins. Hawkins is not a magic bubble that no one ever leaves, where the events don't go beyond, I don't know what this means, the UTS border? Sure, it is part of the heart of the show, but in order to move forward, you have to expand the narrative, character-wise and geographically. Otherwise, you risk just repeating the same things every season. All great sequels expand the scope of the story. So that's the general consensus of people that were for it. And here's a wrap-up of the people that weren't for it. It wasn't the fact that it was new characters, different setting that bothered me. It was the fact that most of the lines were ridiculously cheesy. Yeah. They tried too hard to make the characters seem edgy, but it just came out cringeworthy. Yes. And that was by Sarah Magnum. And then, and then Robin, <laughs> Robin Buttred says, I hated the segment. It was long. It was boring. So, <laughs> I mean, we got over. I don't know. This, it's a lot more nuanced than that. There's more, there's more to it, but I get, I But get that was the saying. genesis of yeah. like what the people were. They were either like, the people that were for it were really like, it was drawn out. Like one person said, I really like this because I was upset that, the, that in episode 6 there was no 11. I was like, where's 11? Where's 11? Yeah. And then in episode 7 I got an all 11. So I think it depends on what you're watching the show for. For us, it was like, I want to know the story. What's happening? Yeah. Progress it, progress it. So when 7 came, it was like, Arr! Yeah. And then 8 came and it got back. But then, like I said, once I watched it, I knew what was happening. I was able to like understand and appreciate what they were trying to do. And I liked it a little bit more. One thing that is interesting about this episode is that it is the only strange Things episode to date directed by a female director, Rebecca Thomas. Rebecca, and why couldn't you direct it like episode eight or nine or something? Here's Come the on. thing. I think that she did an excellent job with the direction. Yeah, you don't have a problem with it. The direction actually has some some of the lines. It actually has really unique shots. Like she does some interesting angles when they're in the warehouse and she starts on the floor and then she goes up to the like rafters. Yeah. And I think she was chosen because she did a a movie which I haven't watched all the way. I watched the first half of it. It's called Electric Children, and it's basically about this uh, this girl who listens to a tape. She's like a Mormon girl and she thinks she gets pregnant. And it's pretty interesting and it deals with like teen culture and youth and it's very shot beautifully and so I think that might have been why she was selected for this so I I it's a kind of a bummer that the most polarizing episode is the only yeah. one directed by a female well, but I mean, as far as direction cool goes yeah well I mean it's beautiful. cool that it's the most polarizing episode just because I feel like that's I don't know she's getting talked about Rebecca yeah <laughs> 
But I, I don't think it was due to her direction. I think it was due to people. It's just, why do you watch Stranger Things? Do you watch yeah. it for the kids? Do you watch it for Eleven? Do you watch it for the story? Do you watch it for Mike and Eleven? Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I disagree a little bit with what the first person said, just because I feel like if they didn't include this, they could have. I feel like it would have been cool if they did eight episodes, they did it all the way through, and then there was, like, a secret ninth episode, and you watched it, and it was, like, Eleven's journey. And then people were like, oh, that's cool, but stopping it mid-season just to show us, like, this weird journey with these cartoon characters kind of aggravated me. And I, I just, it, like, broke the tension, and it... You know what would have been funny? I wasn't as excited for episode, for episode eight. You know what would have been funny is if they had done it, like, a 1980s episode where Mike meets up with Eleven, and she sees the gang, and they're in the room, and they're like, Eleven what have you been up to? And she, like, leans back. Yeah, and then that would have been cool! And then the next episode goes into, like, a montage of yeah. what she was up to. Because then you would have been expecting that in the next episode. Yeah. That actually, I think, I think and for I mean, me, like, it's I, totally about flow. Yeah, and I think that's the reason they didn't do it, because they didn't want you to expect it. But also, I mean, like, Stranger Things is good as, as good at you not expecting things, but still, like, I don't know. Yeah. So, so they convince Eleven that, you know, we're gonna go murder some folks, and they're like, but look... <laughs> We gotta get you out of these overalls, because for some reason they hate these overalls. I feel like that'd be way more, like... So they go... They would trust her more if she looked like that than, like, the black eyeliner and the slicked back hair. I think it's just part of a... You know, you gotta do a transition of, yeah. of character, like... You just gotta do it. It was also nice when they slicked back the hair, because she kind of, like, looked like Eleven with a shaved head a little bit more. Yeah. But they, they, they go look for them, and before they do that, they do this, you know, 1980s new wave makeover where Eleven is bitching. And I was thinking at first, like, how do they have the clothes for her? But then I was like, oh, they're all black, they're small, they're probably Callie's. Yeah, yeah, Kelly is tiny. <laughs> Were you bothered by the fact yeah. that they played the Runaways, or did you no. like it? Oh! Um, I think I was aggravated by it. I think I was like, that's Because really... we love the song so much. Yeah. We love the runaway so no, much. No, that's not why I was aggravated. I just, what, what, was it, what song was it? It was Dead End Justice. Yeah, I feel like I was just like, eh. The songs are very on the nose. Like, when yeah. she's on the train, it's like, she's a little runaway. And now they're about to go do some justice, but it's Dead End Justice, because mm. it's not really right. But I love the runaway, so I was like, that's kind of cool. And of course, we got Eleven saying, bitchin'. Which everybody loves. And they do the slow walk to the van. Uh, it's funny. Don't, don't this is a that. thing within our family where, like, anytime any movie has a group of people and they turn and they start doing the slow walk, we're all like, boo! boo. Like, I remember we were watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and they, yeah. We're like, they're doing the slow walk! No! Because it's just, it's so... Cheesy. I don't know. But I thought it was really... I actually laughed when I saw it because I was yeah, like, ah, too. they're doing the slow walk. That warehouse down... sincere. <laughs> It was just, I don't know. It was, yeah. You know what? It was kind of funny. Like, it kept with Yeah, it was funny, but I don't think that's what they were, I don't think that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just noticed it because I know that our family is like the slow walk. Yeah. But they slow walk to the van, which, here's another thing I want to point out. Earlier I mentioned that Mick says, you know, guys, we can't plan. go do this because we don't have another van. And Callie's like, we'll just change out the plates. But that's ridiculous because this van is very conspicuous. Yeah. It's a giant ivory van with like orange and brown stripes that's yeah. not your everyday vehicle that you could just switch out the plates and somebody be like oh there's a random van that doesn't look like you know what the i one mean that robbed the... yeah. yeah so i thought that was you know whatever so they go to the oscars gas and go which is the convenience store that we went to yesterday and they all shoplift again you don't need to shoplift because you could have just had Callie go in beforehand, make the owner think he was seeing an empty store, let everyone walk in and grab what they need and yeah. walk out. Like, they've got these abilities, but they don't really think things out. They're very reckless. And yeah. I guess that's the whole point of Callie. Like, she's got, she's, maybe she tried to be good and then it just didn't work out. So now she just, like, throws caution to the wind. But I thought, what? She, there's such an easier way to do this without having the police come after them and, like, just yeah. all these things. 
And that, and she uses her power to make him see the bathroom flooding, which makes sense. It goes with her powers. Her powers make sense at this point. Uh, they won't later. <laughs> but um, another thing that was kind of weird was that, you know, Eleven's walking through the store and Callie kind of has it under control. Like, it's this is a part where it starts to shift, where Callie's powers don't make sense because she's talking to the guy and she goes, you know, whatever your name is, we're not stealing from you, we're stealing from the corporations. But again, it's like, just use your power. Yeah. Just make him think you guys have left. And she's, like, trying to talk her way out of it. And then Eleven no, comes that up. that would have aggravated me. I liked, I liked the Callie trying to talk her way out of it better. Because, well, I mean, but I it don't. Didn't, it I doesn't don't make because, sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Well, it makes sense to me because, like you said, she's, she's all about, like, the danger and, like, well, if just we're going, barely getting caught. I think when I say it doesn't make sense, I mean, like, like for the moment, if you're trying to actually get something done, that makes no sense. Yeah. Just use your power. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like in Superman when he's, like, running somewhere. It's like, you can fly. Just yeah. fly there. Like, it, you will be quicker. You are the fastest man. So when I saw that, and then when Eleven comes in, she's like, oh, I'm gonna smash you into the things. And everybody's like, awesome. It's like, why is that awesome? Like, she's just, like, being violent with some dude who's just scared because you guys are robbing him. It's, yeah. Now we're taking, like, who's the bad guys here? Like, yeah. it's a, it's a I weird... I think that's the point. It is definitely the point, but it's still yeah. a bummer. I don't know. I mean, Eleven's a kid, so I get it. Yeah. But so they, they get out, they make it out of there, and they head over to Ray's house, the technician from Hawkins, and he's watching Punky Brewster. Ugh, that made me so happy, but then I was so aggravated that it had to be included in this episode. I love Punky Brewster so much. I think it was foreshadowing, because a grown man wouldn't be watching Punky Brewster, but he has oh, two little kids, daughters. Yeah. They probably went to the bathroom or they went to get something to drink, and he was sitting there like, I'll just watch Punky Brewster. This part made me so sad. I didn't like it when they showed the, ugh, anything with kids, I don't like it. Well... Yeah, <laughs> this whole moment was weird for me because he hurt Mama, but, like, he says, I was just doing what they told me to do. Yeah. And he's trying to, exp you can kind of see that he knows he shouldn't have done those things and that he was like, they said she was whatever. Like, he believed what he was told. Like, he thought he wasn't doing yeah. a bad thing. He thought he was helping her. That's that's what, um, I was reading some article. This doesn't have to do with Stranger Things, but, um, I was reading an article with Adam Driver about his character in Star Wars, and obviously, because I love him, but he was saying that, like, characters who are evil just to be evil are kind of, like, lame and nobody cares about them, but a character who thinks that they're doing good is way more, like, like, there's so many facets to it because they don't, they think that they're doing what they're supposed to and they think that they're doing the right thing. So he doesn't think he's a bad guy. He doesn't know that what he was doing was bad until, like, obviously, like, Yeah, now. and he doesn't work for Hawkins anymore, yeah. so we like don't know, we don't know her. if he doesn't work for Hawkins because Dr. Brenner is gone or because he just decided, like, this isn't for me. We don't know the story. Like, you yeah. don't know the backstory of, of like people right yeah. so you know he starts just begging for them to not hurt him and he says you know i can help you find brenner or oh and then 11 says papa papa is alive or something to that effect mm -hmm. and then you know collie is just like pushing her and she's like did he take you know pity on your mother and essentially, Eleven decides after she throws him on the wall and sees his pictures of his two daughters that she doesn't want to kill him. Callie goes to shoot him, and then Eleven's like, no. And then they run off because the, the little kids have called the police. And when they're in the car, Callie says, you know, if you want to take pity, you're free to do that. But don't you ever take my choice away from me. And I think that that's a good turning point for Eleven because Eleven's like, oh. Oh, she's crazy. <laughs> well, also, like, she doesn't have any, like, moral compass. Like, she's just out for blood. Like, yeah. she's just 
something I think that that's maybe something they'll explore in season three like what happened to Callie who hurt you like we yeah. know who hurt Eleven but Eleven was lucky enough to find people who have loved yeah, her I and supported her why. and Callie didn't Callie found people who were like fueling the fire of her like avenging her wrongs I don't know so this is where they're trying to decide like they're running from the cops and Eleven has to I thought this was a, a kind of nice moment when they're running from the cops and Eleven is basically telling Callie like I can't go with you I have to return to my family and Callie starts crying you, you can see she Wait, does is this in the warehouse no this is when they're running from the people and they're down well maybe it's after they've returned to the warehouse okay yeah, we have to talk re- about the warehouse I don't have anything to say about the warehouse okay. do you have anything to yes. say about the warehouse okay so um they're in the warehouse then police start coming in, they're like, we have to hide, and she's like, no. And so they're all just standing there, and Callie uses her powers to make all of the police officers not see them simultaneously, which really aggravates me. She could do that. Um, this is what- okay. I think she could do that. <clears throat> but her powers are inconsistent. Yeah, um, actually, I'll talk about this once we get to the, the wall, the wall building. Um, but so she basically sees all, all the police officers, don't see any of them- like every single police officer that comes in the room doesn't see them, um, and then they're able to like run away and hide. And then well, what bothers you about that? Because I think she I'll, would I'll be show able you. To do that. I'll show you. Okay. Okay. And then we get to the part where they go outside and they go hop into the van, and then they speed away and she builds the wall. Well, she's building. She builds the wall to like to give them time for them to yeah. all get in. And then as she's talking to Eleven, her focus is being lost. Yeah. And the wall starts to like van- like yeah. kind of like thinly appear and disappear because she's not using her full okay, now, power here we to go. concentrate. Okay. Okay. So her power makes sense at first when she uses her powers to like trick a singular officer and the gas station attendant into seeing the flood and like whatever. But it becomes uh, it becomes confusing when she uses her powers to control. Okay, she's using her powers on one person makes sense, but how could she possibly control every officer entering the room? She wouldn't know how many there were, she would have to exclude all of the gang members at the same time, and when she uses her powers to build the giant wall, every officer's, all the officers can see it, and it feels like her powers are used more to further the plot along than actually have, like, like, ground. They're not, like, well, I think they don't make sense. I think that's the problem with her powers, is, like, that seemed fine to me because she's older, she's had more time than Eleven, yeah. so she's probably developed them. But there's no, like, but there's ground not a, to them. They're not... Right, because it's not a consistency, because it yeah. goes back to my point, why it's are they living it. this yeah. way? If she can make five officers, ten officers, twenty officers, then why is she living in a warehouse? Like, yeah. she could just make everyone see whatever and if she can control like certain officers seeing certain things she, would, or, she didn't even know how many people were going to come into the room like, it's she, not consistent yeah it's, not it's consistent. super inconsistent and that really bothered me throughout the entirety of the episode i think that's a big reason why i didn't like it and just the fact that the characters are really underdeveloped and kind of just like like stereotypes but think about it this way too if they would have spent a lot of time developing no i don't think that they could have yeah, That's they why couldn't. I think that they shouldn't have done the episode at all. <laughs> like, I think they did. A, I think they did the most to develop Mick. Mick's the only yeah. one you kind of know what Mick is like. I guess you kind of know what Axel is like. He's just kind of like, just whatever. Yeah. Did you get the Duffer Brothers quote about why they included this episode? Just that they wanted to try something new, and they felt it was important for Eleven to go on her own journey. I saw a quote. I wish I had it. Um, it basically said that they included this because. They, at first, they had just done, I mean, they did all nine episodes, whatever, and they considered taking out this episode, and then they watched it all the way through without episode seven, and they said that, like, episode eight and nine didn't make any sense, that it kind of just, like, the whole story fell apart, and I don't agree with that. I mean, I haven't watched it without episode seven. I will go and do that now, 
but um but yeah they were just saying that it made more sense and it tied everything together and I I guess I get that like when you're the creators of the show but as like a as like a spectacle like me watching it I don't feel that I think that a lot of people don't like this show because it's what you like about it is you like being in Hawkins with your you like Hopper you like Joyce you like Jan- I also hate we bottle- like Jancy. I don't know. Yeah. We like I hate bottle episodes. I don't like anything where it has to stay in like one place, and they're kind of just in the warehouse. I think it's they- outside of the warehouse the entire time. Like for me, I liked when they did the flashbacks when she's deciding why she can't go with Callie, and she's thinking back to Hopper, yeah. and she's thinking back to Mike, and she's thinking like little little baby Finn, and she's <laughs> thinking back to all of those things, and they do the flashback. It was kind of like yeah, there it is. There's Hawkins. Yeah. I mean, I I. I didn't have a huge problem with this episode uh, other than when I first watched it. Yeah. And I do think it was because I was like, oh my god, the Demodogs are going to get Hopper. And then it starts in like Eleven's on a bus. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Where am I at? Why? Mm-hmm. But we're going to go back to it in a minute. Yeah. And then you don't go back to it. And I think I agree. I think that's the reason I don't like it. Because when we first started episode one of season two and we like recorded it and included it, um... I was aggravated with it because I wanted it to go directly into Hawkins because I wanted to start the show, like, so badly. But then it started with the stupid Chicago stuff, and so I was immediately like, oh, no, I'm just waiting for that to happen. Okay, so this actually is another comment that somebody left us on that thread. It's a big friend of ours, Alex. What's up? You know who you are. Alex Borna 724 He says, when I first watched season two, I actually watched episode seven twice. The first time I saw it, I thought, eh, it's okay but a necessary episode for Eleven. But then, after watching it the second time, I thought it was very good and it definitely needed to be in the season. And I feel like I agree with that because some of the things, like you were just saying, like episode six and then jumping to eight wouldn't connect. And that's mainly just because some of the plot lines, like Eleven is so fed up with Hopper, something had to happen to make her realize, like, to appreciate everything that she has. Yeah. So I think that that is necessary. I want to try watching it, I think right? I watch our... episode six and then I watch episode eight and see what happens. I think your biggest problem is like the gang as a whole. And I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Like the slow an, motion where an, they're like yeah. head banging in the van. When I'm I annoyed that. as an actress because I feel like I don't know. I feel like the, they didn't do that good of a job. Like I liked Mick and I kind of liked Callie, but I feel like the actors. Duffers, I think you're great. No, no, no. I just I feel <laughs> yeah, like the no, acting was kind of just like like I don't know, like boring, and it felt like I I knew what was gonna happen. And well, I think that they can't make any of those gangs. They can't make Axel or Dottie or Funshine or Mick too dynamic. Why did Dottie, why did Dottie fly has water? To... What was that gonna do? I don't know. It's like Finn holding up the the candlestick. candlestick. Yeah, like ugh, it's <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> I don't know. Fly spotters were pretty big in the 80s. I'm yeah. not really sure. That's so mean, spotting flies, guys. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> or like people that hang that sticky tape paper on oh, the yeah. flies. That's so mean. Or like the things in the Publix where it'll like. Welcome to the Fly Podcast. <laughs> no, we do not <laughs> like those. Let those flies live. They have such a little short lifespan anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Like, for me, it was just, I like the universe of Hawkins in Hawkins, Indiana. And I thought that the look of Chicago just was, it just felt different. And I appreciate I the need to explore, pe- but I, I don't know. I wonder if they know. thought that people were going to like episode seven or not. I think they just didn't care. They were like, we need. Right, as, as creators. Great choice. <laughs> well, no, I think I don't you care can't. What your audience well, you can't make stuff because someone will yeah, like it because then you come what? up with like yeah. sugar teen pop terrible music. Yeah, exactly. Unless you like that stuff, then it's great. <laughs> no, but it's like you have to make things that you're passionate about, and then hopefully other people will be passionate about them too. If you ever, yeah. if you ever try to create things and you're like, 
I'm doing it to reach this group of people. Yeah. It won't. It'll That's never have the effect. That's why Donald Glover stopped making music. He, he just didn't want to do it anymore. And it I just, respect that. Yeah, it just, I think they were like, we know we're pretty decent at this, and we just want to try something a little bit different. And I think yeah. it is true, like, expanding the universe. Like, and this goes to the new, like, Star Wars movies. Like, some people love the 70s and 80s movies. Some people love the 3, 4, and no. 5 you're all wrong. Those are horrible. <laughs> and then some people love, like, The Force Awakens and, what is it, The Last Jedi. Yeah. It just depends on, like, why you're viewing things, when you're viewing things, what's important to you, character development, a yeah. certain actor. When you watched it. Some people only watch Stranger Things to see Finn and Millie. Some people <laughs> only watch Stranger Things to watch Hopper. Like, some, some people... Some people only watch Stranger Things to see Joe Keery. <laughs> <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> Another so I think it just depends, oh, if Hopper wins the Golden Globe, Joe Keery's gonna shave his head. No. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna do I don't know if they're gonna do it live or what, but he's no. gonna shit. Totally. I oh my god, I I re, I'm not gonna regret saying this. Do not win. I'm sorry, David Harbour. I can't have you win. <laughs> I hope it's somebody fair. else wins. It'll grow back and No That means if you meet him in March it'll hug. No <laughs> No Don't please <gasps> No All my friends are gonna be like, God, that boy's ugly and be like, I promise he's not, I'll have to show you a different picture. <laughs> oh I'll wow. I'm wow, just Jim kidding. Kane. I'm just kidding. It's just his hair is it's a big it's a big part. It'll grow back. And maybe they could write something really funny into Stranger oh, Things about it. Oh, don't shave your head. Like I'm so upset about Nancy, I'm changing myself. I'm not just hair. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm Steve. No. Dad, you ruined Steve. you ruined my day. Uh, uh, where did you hear that? They tweeted it. Who tweeted it? It's like all over the internet. Joe Carey shaves head of David Har Harper went Harper once. I keep calling him David, David Hopper. Hopper. Man, I really want David Harper to hear that video of Kilby saying. Yeah, me too. Hey, happy. But Wait, did he tweet it, David Harper? I don't know. So episode seven, that was it. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? Uh, no. I said all my stuff about how I hate Kelly's powers and how the characters were underdeveloped. But overall, if this, if okay, if great this report cards, report card style, A through F. What do you give it? Oh, that's a that's a tough question. You first. B minus. Oh wow, that's that's what you gave Star Wars. <laughs> B wow, no, no way you think it's a B minus if you gave Star Wars B minus. I liked the Last Jedi just fine. I'm going D plus. It just had I'm a couple going of moments. D plus. It's passing, but just barely. Like you're you're on the borderline. Not in Georgia. In Georgia, there's no D. You'd be failing. <laughs> so in Florida, this show is passing. In Georgia, this show is failing. Here's what I'm looking at. It was beautifully shot. Had some interesting <laughs> moments. Had. Things that I do feel propelled the story and gave us, gives us options for season three. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't super interested in the gang, but that's because it's like I watch Stranger Things to see the gang I already love. But it was like when Sadie came in or Max, it was like, who's this? And then you're like, oh, she's awesome. It just takes you a while to get used to people. Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed it as a whole. I don't think it was as bad as people say now, my second viewing. Originally... I just was like, meh, but now I enjoy it. I appreciate what it was. And I don't, I don't know. Some people were like, it ruined the show. I don't think it ruined the show. I don't think it ruined the show, but. And you can always hit skip, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like when you rewatch it, just hit skip and go to the next one. Oh, yeah. So that's it. That's all we have. Hopefully David Harbour wins. No. Yeah. Oh, wait, but on his thing it says, and y'all think I, I hate, I hate reading that. And y'all think I'd make him shave those luscious chestnut locks? Silly misguided youth, whose side do you think I'm on for crying out loud? So I guess he's not. 
Well, I think Thank Joe Keery. No, Joe Keery said he was gonna do it, so he'll. Oh. It's just hair. Who cares? That's important. No, it's not. <laughs> so that's it. That's all we have. We do have an interview coming up with Brooke Ranson. She is in town for January. So hi, Brooke. We're gonna try to get that scheduled, and we are gonna try to go to Collective Con and meet Joe Keery in March and. If we can get 10,000 fans, guys, we might have a chance to moderate a panel with him. But it is so hard getting fans. A lot of you have, like, 100,000 fans. If you could share us, that would be so appreciated. We would love it. We would love it so much. Those are small goals in life. 10,000, that's nothing. But that's all I have. Do you have anything else you want to add, or how do you want to close off the episode? Um, I'm very excited to talk about episode 8, because I'll be happy again. Um, this episode made me depressed, but it's fine. <laughs> now, I guess I'll say bitchin'. I found the chocolate pudding. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com, as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every Monday, so be sure to subscribe to us. We're available on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Pocket Casts.